Welcome to Jeff's Letters. This is an audio narration of Jeff Bezos' annual letter to shareholders. My name is Preet Anand, and I am your narrator. There's so much wisdom in these letters that they need to be as accessible as possible, and that's why I'm putting them on audio. This is a non-commercial effort, with public education being my goal. Now, on to the letter. Many of the important decisions we make at Amazon.com can be made with data. There's a right answer or a wrong answer, a better answer or a worse answer, and math tells us which is which. These are our favorite kinds of decisions. Opening a new fulfillment center is an example. We use history from our existing fulfillment network to estimate seasonal peaks and to model alternatives for new capacity. We look at anticipated product mix, including product dimensions and weight, to decide how much space we need and whether we need a facility for smaller, sortable items or for larger items that usually ship alone. To shorten delivery times and reduce outbound transportation costs, we analyze prospective locations based on proximity to customers, transportation hubs, and existing facilities. Quantitative analysis improves the customer's experience and our cost structure. Similarly, most of our inventory purchase decisions can be numerically modeled and analyzed. We want products in stock and immediately available to customers, and we want minimal total inventory in order to keep associated holding costs and thus prices low. To achieve both, there is a right amount of inventory. We use historical purchase data to forecast customer demand for a product and expected variability in that demand. We use data on the historical performance of vendors to estimate replenishment times. We can determine where to stock the product within our fulfillment network based on inbound and outbound transportation costs, storage costs, and anticipated customer locations. With this approach, we keep over 1 million unique items under our own roof, immediately available for customers while still turning inventory more than 14 times per year. The above decisions require us to make some assumptions and judgments, but in such decisions, judgment and opinion come into play only as junior partners. The heavy lifting is done by math. As you would expect, however, Not all of our important decisions can be made in this enviable, math-based way. Sometimes we have little or no historical data to guide us, and proactive experimentation is impossible, impractical, or tantamount to a decision to proceed. Though data, analysis, and math play a role, the prime ingredient in these decisions is judgment. As our shareholders know, We have made a decision to continuously and significantly lower prices for customers year after year as our efficiency and scale make it possible. This is an example of a very important decision that cannot be made in a math-based way. In fact, when we lower prices, we go against the math that we can do, which always says that the smart move is to raise prices. We have significant data related to price elasticity. With fair accuracy, we can predict that a price reduction of a certain percentage will result in an increase in units sold of a certain percentage. With rare exceptions, 
the volume increase in the short term is never enough to pay for the price decrease. However, our quantitative understanding of elasticity is short term. We can estimate what a price reduction will do this week and this quarter, but we cannot numerically estimate the effect that consistently lowering prices will have on our business over five years or 10 years or more. Our judgment is that relentlessly returning efficiency improvements in scale economies to customers in the form of lower prices creates a virtuous cycle that leads over the long term to a much larger dollar amount of free cash flow and thereby to a much more valuable Amazon.com. We've made similar judgments around free super saver shipping and Amazon Prime, both of which are expensive in the short term and we believe important and valuable in the long term. As another example, in 2000, we invited third parties to compete directly against us on our prime retail real estate, our product detail pages. Launching a single detail page for both Amazon retail and third party items seemed risky. Well-meaning people internally and externally worried it, it would cannibalize Amazon's retail business and as is often the case with consumer-focused innovations, there was no way to prove in advance that it would work. Our buyers pointed out that inviting third parties onto Amazon.com would make inventory forecasting more difficult and that we could get stuck with excess inventory if we lost the detail page to one of our third-party sellers. However, our judgment was simple. If a third party could offer a better price or better availability on a particular item, then we wanted our customer to get easy access to that offer. Editors note, they wanted their customer to get easy access to that offer, and they wanted the commission that comes with owning that purchase. Back to the letter. Over time, third party sales have become a successful and significant part of our business. Third-party units have grown from 6% of total units sold in 2000 to 28% in 2005, even as retail revenues have grown threefold. Math-based decisions command wide agreement, whereas judgment-based decisions are rightly debated and often controversial, at least until put into practice and demonstrated. Any institution unwilling to endure controversy must limit itself to decisions of the first type. In our view, doing so would not only limit controversy, it would also significantly limit innovation and long-term value creation. The foundation of our decision-making philosophy was laid out in our 1997 letter to shareholders, a copy of which is attached. We will continue to focus relentlessly on our customers. We will continue to make investment decisions in light of long-term market leadership considerations rather than short-term profitability considerations or short-term Wall Street reactions. We will continue to measure our programs and the effectiveness of our investments analytically to jettison those that do not provide acceptable returns and to step up our investment in those that work best. We will continue to learn from both our successes and our failures. We will make bold rather than timid investment decisions where we see a sufficient probability of gaining market leadership advantages. Some of these investments will pay off, 
Others will not, and we will have learned another valuable lesson in either case. You can count on us to combine a strong quantitative and analytical culture with a willingness to make bold decisions. As we do so, we'll start with the customer and work backward. In our judgment, that is the best way to create shareholder value. Commentary. I like this letter because we're seeing Jeff advance his decision-making processes and education. And we'll see this start to get built upon over the next set of letters. But he really lays out that there are some decisions where judgment is the dominant partner, and there are some decisions where math, data, and analysis are the dominant partners. And so he's really instructing us that as we're approaching a decision, we need to take stock of which one is dominant in in which case and which one should govern. For example, when they're talking about lowering prices or not to lower prices, there's an implicit decision that the judgment of what is going to be better for the customer's experience and how often that customer comes to Amazon.com, that is more important than possibly the lost sales, or not lost sales, but lost revenue in the near term. And that the long term should govern over the short term, and accordingly the judgment about the long term should govern over the short term data. And you know these are critical things when you're setting up an advanced analysis is you need to establish which things are facts, which things we believe are proven, and then which things are assumptions. And sometimes you need to go test your assumptions and it's safe to do so. But there are other times, as Jeff lays out, that trying to test something or to experiment with it is tantamount to making a decision. For example, Amazon can't test laying off 20% of their employees. Once you start doing something like that, it is a 20% layoff. You can't really make, you can't test your way into that. You have to make a decision and move forward. And there are a lot of decisions like that. And so this is where judgment becomes critical. And as part of judgment, you have to weigh what things are not in front of you. That's something I try to practice a lot in some of the decisions I make and the work I do where you're balancing data, but you're also considering what perception could look like. So that's my takeaway from this letter is just making sure to continue to be rigorous about in a decision, what is empirically known, what is fact, what is high confidence data, and then what are assumptions? And where will the role of judgment be? And then ultimately, when making a decision, to make sure I'm continuing to remember what are the things that are out of our data not being considered here, and and make sure to weigh those as well. One other thing I just wanted to mention before we close out, I just loved the elegance of the sentence. Quantitative analysis improves the customer's experience and our cost structure. Anyone working in analytics should seek to have that kind of elegant clarity. One last thing. At the end of the letter, Jeff says, 
we will make bold rather than timid investment decisions where we see a sufficient probability of gaining market leadership advantages. This is the year that AWS starts. Thank you for being a listener. I'll see you at the next letter.